One, two, three, four, five, six. 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 One, two, three, four, five. This is probably how I talk, probably. And I am on this microphone, and I talk like this when I talk, if I talk. Because you have you're a good. spit guard, because you're constantly spitting. I am a plosive pee person. Mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. am the worst about it. Mark Sutton is, too. Did you give him the guard? Nope. Nope, just a, a poppy episode? You know, Let I, it I, be. I wanted to do that to our audience. Let it be. <laughs> I wanted to pop your peas all over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more bite, and then we're good to go. What kind of a sandwich is it? <laughs> one more bite. It's a <laughs> uh, tomato and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, turkey and brie. Turkey and brie is an alternative title for squash banana. Hi, I'm Philip. I'm Matt. First we'll have a little chat, then put on our ring brothers. Now it's time for Next Dad Pads. And we're here today with Danger Boat Productions. Yay! <laughs> or also known as the Theater of Public Policy, also known as I, I mean, you guys had up a, a several different projects, including one work. day one of them will work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think T two P two arguably has worked pretty well, but uh, I hope so. Uh, could you introduce yourself so people know your voices? Yeah, my name is uh, Brandon Boat, and I've been an improviser in the cities for about I think eleven years now, plus or minus. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Tane Danger. Uh, Brandon and I were recently on a conference call where the other person on the phone couldn't tell the difference between either of them. He kept confused. So now I feel like whenever we're on some audio thing together, this is Brandon talking. No, uh, uh, but the, if we, uh, one of us should do an accent, but it's <laughs> no. There's no way to do it and not be offensive. Really distinctive voices. I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how they couldn't figure it you was, out. We were doing an interview with a cat. Uh, sure. Yeah. And okay. the cat doesn't really. It was human is their second they language. They just can't pick up tonal differences. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, but uh, did I already say that my name is Tane? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm different than Brandon, who's going to speak now. Uh, this is Brandon. Talking. And this is Tane speaking. Brandon again. And then it's Tane. That that I'm sure cleared it up for everybody. <laughs> Hope so. Uh, and uh, always, I'm joined today by Philip. This is Matt. Oh God. <laughs> Philip Simondad, who is very different than Matt. It's true. Who is the host? I am. And you're the co-host. Sure. Ah, come <laughs> on, Philip. Don't sell yourself short. Er. I think you just did. What? Right. Wait, is, so one of you is the host and one of you is the co-host? Well, aren't you co-hosts? See, that's like, what I'm saying. You, you sold co-hosts? me short. Uh, I, I, I always refer to us as co-hosts, but he always says I'm the host. Huh. This is a... This is a puzzle, you guys. This is like yeah. an existential. Like, can you be, can you be a singular co-host? Like, can you be a co-host without another co-host? Well, uh, we do it. Can I just be like half host? Uh, you <laughs> you can, can be host. <laughs> you could be semi-host. Hmm. Demi-host. Demi-host. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. I'm glad we came here to fix this problem. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll talk. That to has you. been Danger Boat Productions. <laughs> Uh, it's it's great to have you guys on. Um, I've, I've I've been a fan of your uh, your stuff for quite a while. Um, oh, thank you. I, I actually uh, theater of public policy is one of the first shows I've ever, I ever saw. Wow! So yeah. in a way, we're responsible for this podcast. Uh, basically, wow. if we wanted to take yeah. credit and collect royalties, right. um, <laughs> I believe that makes you like pre-hosts. Ooh. Pre-hosts. Yeah. I have a problem with pre-hosting. Uh, it's 
I can't control it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, that's very flattering. So we should should we say what the theater of public policy yeah, is? Like, do. I mean, I assume anyone who is listening to this would probably already not have heard of us. So, um, <laughs> so theater of public policy is a show Brandon and I uh, co co created uh, mm-hmm. as co creators. So uh, who was the creator and who was the co creator? Uh, it was <laughs> it was it was a, an egg and a sperm that came together. That was you the just, pre-creation. Yeah. Sure. Um, so uh, back in 2011, and basically for it's this is an improv audience. It's it's a modified version of an Armando show where we talk to somebody on stage, uh, and then we use all the things that that person has said uh, in the on stage part as inspiration for long form improv. But the mm-hmm. difference is that we're usually talking to either. Uh, a policymaker or maybe an academic who has studied a particular uh, public issue or a journalist or a politician themselves, mm-hmm. somebody who has some sort of uh, something to say about current affairs, public, some particular issue or, or whatnot. Or area of expertise or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the best description that I always go to is uh, the local paper, the Star Tribune said, it. it's as though you were watching C-SPAN and all of a sudden like Saturday Night Live took over uh, the the set and and brought it all to life. That's, a that's really, awesome. That's a that's a high compliment, and it's a really good descriptor of your show. Uh, it is a very good descriptor of our show, and it's funny when they wrote that. I feel like Saturday Night Live was sort of in one of its unfunny phases. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's a compliment again. Now it's, yeah. Now it's better. Uh, uh, and generally speaking. Uh, or is it exclusively speaking? Tane, you do the interviews, is that correct? No, it's not exclusive. Uh, we, Brandon and I, switch off. Uh, Brandon, I do a lot of the the interviews uh, at our sort of regular shows, but uh, Brandon usually you do at least a couple every season, and then there's actually a lot of like of times as the show has grown and we get actually hired to do it uh, yeah. for other like. We always joke somebody has like, oh, I really want people to like talk about campaign finance reform. How do I do it? Oh, I'll call these weird improv guys and they'll trick people into it. Um, and that's like the majority of like how we make our living. And uh, so we have a lot more events that we do because people want to do the show with us. And so when we have multiple uh, events on a particular night, we might both be hosting a show in different places. Yeah. So I'm sort of the fill in the like co-host isn't the right word because uh, Tane does the majority of the interviews. I'm kind of the relief pitcher, mm-hmm. the relief host mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. when we need one. <laughs> the permanent relief oh. host. A quick sidebar. Oh, sidebar. I'm very intimidated because Tane is known as a excellent interviewer, and I feel like I'm just going to fuck all of this up. Oh, I'm intimidated because I always fuck everything up. Wait, in sidebar, I don't know if this interview is going very well. I'm just going to give some notes. So there's uh, five windows that I can see right now and a front door and a back door. We can be out of here and bug out quick. Okay, should we put this equipment in our pockets and take it because i want to start a podcast well, i don't now. i don't want the interview apparently to be anyone over. can do i mean it. i want to get out of here but i want to you know have it keep being recorded all right don't forget the sausages so really chimichurri sauce over like a red pepper sauce that's what you prefer yeah i'm, I'm not a spice what were we talking about i don't know okay sidebar over. sidebar over all right uh sorry about that guys uh we had to talk about important podcasting what did you talk about Enchiladas. Oh, so at these, uh, you you do go through seasons. Yes. yes. Uh, and throughout these seasons, and you you've had um, the mayor, 
of Minneapolis on. You, you've had some pretty big name people and then probably people that anybody outside of their circle or, or their like niche uh, that people haven't necessarily heard of. But it's the topic that brings people in. Yeah, Is that sometimes. fair to say? I mean, it's a mixture. Some people are, I mean, people come for, I think, a couple of main reasons. So one, they're super interested in the topic. So it yeah. may be something that they're very passionate about. So maybe they work for some transportation company and we're doing a show on transportation. Yeah. This is like great for them because nobody is doing like a musical or a comedy show about transportation. Right. And it is informative. That's yes. the other thing is, is it's... I didn't want to bring up something like The Daily Show, or uh, but it's it's informing through comedy also. Yeah, uh, we received a grant for the last season, and as part of that, we needed to uh, do some uh, surveys for post-show to find out uh, where are people coming from and uh, just kind of general information. And so we surveyed them, like, are you learning something about mm-hmm. this? And mm-hmm. 97% of people said that they learned something. Uh, a few of the ones who said, like, no, I didn't learn anything at all, apologized on the survey, saying, like, I'm sorry, I work on this issue every single day. There was nothing that I sure. could really learn. I could have been on stage. But right. yeah. And um, why wasn't I? Uh, <laughs> oh, we over. get that sometimes. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. So it's a mixture... We we do a fall and a spring season in Minneapolis, and during those seasons, we do a show every week, and mm-hmm. they cover a whole bunch of issues. So, uh, like this last season, uh, you know, we had shows on uh, the city of Minneapolis on water quality. We had the former mayor of Minneapolis, R.T. Ryback, who wrote a memoir mm-hmm. about uh, being there. We had the lieutenant governor on talking about uh, Minnesota and, and uh, her sort of future political uh, future, her future political future. Her aspirations. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and uh, and so it's uh, and it's interesting because you uh, you point out like that we have sometimes like these high profile guests, somebody right. like the lieutenant governor and the uh, those shows like uh Everybody wants to be at those shows, yeah. which I get. Like they're like, "Oh my gosh, the lieutenant governor on an improv show—that's weird." But then, actually, for us, I think being there every week, the best shows so often are actually the person that you've never heard of, like uh-huh. the the academic who uh, has spent her entire career studying like what makes the economy of a small town work, and she just has tons of information and tons of weird anecdotes sure. and whatnot, and also nothing to lose, and so she's willing to say. Uh, um, all kinds of fun, crazy things. Not that Dr. Drager said those things. No, uh, I think that she did suggest that like one of the reasons why we should keep small towns around is because in case there's some sort of like apocalyptic event that happens in Minneapolis, we'll all need places well, to move some, to. Some small towns actually have like contingency plans. Like, sure. Oh no, a zombie outbreak in St. Paul. We're going to get 100,000 people in our town of 10,000. What sort of force camps are we going to put these St. Paulites in? Because they can't be trusted. Or and whatever. they're all going to want to go to bed by six o'clock. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so yeah, people come yeah. to the show for a variety of different reasons. It's to learn. It's because we have an interesting guest. Or some people are just like open to like, hey, I want to see what this thing is. Yeah. I've heard about it. And then the improv, it brings that to life in a way that uh there's no, even something like the daily show which i love obviously and and uh or the colbert report was once upon a time or the handful of other programs last week like tonight this, last week tonight mm-hmm. i mean those are all great i mean there's something uh to me the reason one of the reasons i love improv so much is because it's 
this art where you're watching the act of creation at the same moment yeah. as the final product. And mm-hmm. so you're lit- in, uh, in our show, you're literally seeing this group of improvisers try and figure out this super heady, complicated thing. Like what should the state's uh, water policy towards agriculture be mm-hmm. uh, and make sense of that while they're doing like improv comedy on stage. And they're putting this in terms of characters and particular players or points of view. And uh, I know it's, it's fascinating and it's complicated and it's all tangled up in a really fun, interesting way. Do you think that, there are times where the the conversation in the interview, and I'm guessing that this is probably what you feel is part of your responsibility as, as the interviewer, uh, it, it becomes over the audience's head. Um, and as kind of a two-part question, like how, how do you keep it in range for, you know, uh, Joe Average in, in the audience to be able to un- understand like um, difficult economic ideas and also do you think that that's the job of the improvisers to some extent is to try to help put that in understandable terms to kind of pull back the curtain of mystery on our show when we have our guests come on we try and tell them to sum up their position and ideas in like three main points sure that if people are going to come to the show they're going to walk away remembering three ideas Mm -hmm. like the other stuff uh we usually get to other stuff but it's like you know, I mean, and I think that that's fair. In a 90-minute show, I usually tell people, like, if people walk home remembering three to five, like, key ideas that's or lessons, amazing. that's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I generally ask guests, like, uh, if, if they're struggling, like, think about it in, like, a simple story. Like, how did we get to now? What is now like? What can we do for the future? Like, mm-hmm. boil your policy position down into that. So, like, oh, no, we have uh, bad water quality due to bad policies. Here's what the situation is like and we're currently living. Here's what, like, people in the audience can do to help f- fix that problem. Or here's what it looks like if we don't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, to your point, uh, we very much I we very much think about the show as something that uh, anybody who's walking in off the street can come in and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and will learn something out of. Um, and I actually think that that we, you know, again, in improv, we we all live by this mantra that, you know, there's a wisdom in an audience. There's wisdom in crowds. Yes. Um, and an audience put together is always smarter than uh, any one person on stage. And so we don't uh, dumb things down, I don't think. But I think actually uh, a lot of times we overcomplicate these things. So this is uh, this is my opportunity to just degree drop the fact that I just uh, got my <laughs> master's degree uh, from the University of Minnesota, which is only valuable in bringing it up on podcasts. Congratulations. Uh, what in, uh, in, in what? In public policy. In public policy. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Are you hiring? Um, so, uh, so, but in going through like getting a formal public policy education, I can uh, confirm that there's absolutely sort of a tendency of public policy experts to make things sort of jargony and complicated so that right. it's like, Mm-hmm. So it, so that we feel like, oh, it was worth it for us to go to school for all that time uh, <laughs> and understand like all the data and whatnot. And not to say that like there isn't there aren't good tools and things that come out of. And I think that it's it's valuable to study that stuff. But there definitely is a tendency for some folks to uh, try and frame things in a way that makes it really 
unnecessarily obtuse or complicated as though to sort of reinforce like I'm an expert and you're not, which is something that we really try and dismantle uh, pretty hard, which I don't think is usually because I always say, you know, uh, public policy sounds maybe dry or distant to some people, but it's really just like, how do we how have we decided to live as a civilized society? Like, right. How have we decided to figure out how to live next to other people and not, uh, you know, eat each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's basically what public policy boils down to. So it's stories and it's human interaction and it's not necessarily super uh, complicated. Unless you want to get into a regression analysis of that I've been running about how this interview is going. Um, oh, and so boy. I have some stata outputs that wow. I want to... Oof. I want to go back to eating people. Is that really what they teach you at the school? <laughs> yeah, they're like, listen, you are the thin line between people eating each other or uh, having bicycle pathways through their town. It's just an either or. Yep. Wow. I didn't realize everything was a binary like that. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so th- there are m- multiple things. So uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm really interested in is that you typically have... Uh, shows not at, uh, say, Huge or um, other traditional improv theaters. Um, you have had shows there, yeah. but that's not typically where you do your, your, your shows. And so you have interesting guests, you have interesting topics, and then you have comedy. You have multiple reasons to get different people in the, in the seats. Do you find that your audience is diverse in terms of what they're looking for out of out of the show? And uh, talk about marketing a little bit, like how you've been able to uh, make the show successful for so long. And you actually pay your actors. And that's been a big deal for you for quite a while. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to continue to do over a long period of time. What are you saying? Have you been looking at our finances? Is something wrong? Uh, you don't know anything. Uh, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would say I don't know the specific, uh, I guess, all the demographics of our audience. Um, though I do know for the people that visit our website. I have all that through Google Analytics. Um, but uh, I think most of them are not the typical improv-growing audience. Mm-hmm. I would say it's split. Right. Like Some of them are, but some of them, uh, a lot of people come up to us uh, at some of our like away shows or for hired shows and they recognize our cast members from what they call the Dudley Riggs Theater which it hasn't been called that in a long time but that may be the last time that they saw an improv show like 20 sure. years ago yeah. and so that's their point of reference um, but yeah we get people in the door who are not familiar with the form uh, and so we always take great pains to kind of over explain things like at the top of a show we're, like we're very explicit we're making everything up as we're going along yeah. we, we feel like we need to hold people's hand a little more that what they're going to see is art in, in a sense just because they may not have any expectations at all about what they're going to see and it's important for them to get that reference in the beginning because we did a very early show oh, yeah. where we did an away show and that was not explicit and uh, like dur- we always have a Q&A portion of our show. And during the Q&A, there was a lot of confused people that like, didn't sure. necessarily understand why we were there or what we were 
supposed to be doing. My boyfriend Eric always says that it's really important at the start of the show for whoever's hosting the theater of public policy to come out and like uh, non-verbally and verbally reassure people that they are in the right place. That they yeah. don't think that they've like wandered into sure. the, that they're going to see the burlesque show that's probably right after us or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we do get this mix of people and... Um, it's interesting, you know, I, I ask at the top of every show, like, you know, who's here, who's never seen us before, right. which is a little bit of a gimmick. But I also do that because I'm just I'm curious about sort of who's coming and who's new. And it's still we've been doing the show for five years almost now. And I would say most audiences, it's almost always about half new. Either that or people just like, I'm, I'm usually like, oh, applaud if you've never seen us before and it, about half the audience applauds. So maybe there are some people who just feel like it would be awkward if nobody applauded. They're, <laughs> they're just lying. Those numbers match up uh, to like our web traffic. So we have uh, websites for all of our event pages. And like I collect that data and I look at it and it's consistently like 50 to 60% new people like checking out the different show pages. And so that's like folks that haven't seen us before and it's one of the things that i really love about the show and i uh one of the sort of tangential or the i don't know secondary or tertiary reasons that we created it or that we we were excited about it is because we did we do kind of pride the fact that we're bringing people uh into an improv show who wouldn't maybe necessarily go to an improv show anyway because we think that this is improv is such a beautiful wonderful art form in everything it does and if this is sort of the way that like you get some new people to come and see improv and they that maybe they thought oh improv like i've seen uh whose line is it anyway i already know how improv works like uh that's enough uh and to show them like no you can do improv that is sort of like about uh public policy and like is unpacking really serious issues oh if you thought that was amazing you should go and see this other show where the whole thing is like a musical that they do from start to end or this thing that they do that's a murder mystery improv show or Mm -hmm. uh, X, Y, or Z. But uh, yeah, I I think that because improv in in the performance space that that we all work in, it's a relatively young art form. It's not something that a lot of people sort of grew up going to on a regular basis necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is helpful to give people just sort of, it's not that they, I think are, I don't think that the majority of audiences are, are antagonistic. They just have very little frame of reference often. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's still a pretty new yeah. art form. It's amazing though, because of the way your show is structured, improv groups would kill to have, Fifty percent new audience every show. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the number of people who are just other improvisers in the audience for most improv shows is. Uh, I I mean, I don't know what the number is, but I'd have to assume it's high. Uh, so. so yeah, to talk about I guess marketing a little <clears throat> bit. I've been kicking around for a long time doing like a long series of different blog posts all about like our approach to marketing and doing a show and even uh, teaching a workshop uh, with someone I know. It's just a matter of like sitting down to do all that. But uh, sure. like in short, uh, we've been doing this for a while and we've figured out some things that work and some things that don't work in a variety of different ways because we've done shows all over the state. I mean, like in different states and we did a series of shows out in Washington, D.C. where we had zero audience and had to build it all from mm-hmm. complete scratch. We should, and, we and should were you specify that we, we had an audience in the theater eventually. It's yes, like when yes. we were going out there, we didn't have a pre-sort <laughs> of built audience. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, we went out and did a week of shows for nobody. Uh, <laughs> 
Because I think most improvisers are coming from a position where like their marketing budget is zero dollars. Right. Like yeah. the show doesn't make a ton of money and advertising is expensive. Um, and I, I would say the thing, one of the things Brandon's been really smart about uh, for marketing the show is that we live, uh, I'll say this, uh, it this way. We live in this era where uh, there's all these different ways to reach out to people through social media and through different uh, individualized news sources or X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. uh, which on one hand is wonderful because there's so many ways to target people. On the other hand, it means everybody's super fragmented, but it actually works relatively well in some ways for our shows, because if we're doing a show about, you know, housing policy in the twin cities, right. we know, okay, there's 20 organizations Absolutely. that like work on this all year, every day. And so we can uh, reach out to each of those like individually and say, Hey, we're doing this show about the thing that you care about. Uh, you know, help us tell other people yeah. about it. And then we kind of can have a, a cascading effect like that. So I'll create like a media outreach list, which is not necessarily like media outlets, but for like each of those shows, sure. I'll come up with a list of all those different people and have all their emails, specific contacts within the organization, and then all the Twitter handles and Facebooks that I can like find for them. Wow. And so for like each show, not each show, because not every issue like has that outreach. Right. Like there's not a lieutenant governor fan club or thing like that. that I can well, reach there out. should be. I know there should be. Um, but then like I'll just start pestering people. I'll yeah. send all those people an email with like all of the information ready to copy and paste. Like the easier you can make it for someone to share it, like, Absolutely. the more likely yeah. it's going to happen. And then I'll tweet at them with links to the show and I'll send stuff through Facebook just trying to get it shared. And Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's probably, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 25% success rate for like mm-hmm. each thing. Like they'll put it on their website and then like a lot of people will come and see it. Like that's the other thing about marketing. It's really hard to figure out what works. It's a lot like reading tea leaves. <laughs> Except that it does work. I mean, I like, mean it like does you said. and it doesn't. Like you don't, we, we've done surveys at the end of shows like, how did you hear about the show? And it's sometimes helpful, sometimes not. Um, because so we've also experimented a lot with paid advertising mm-hmm. and it's really hard to figure out like, oh, did this person come and see the show because they saw our ad in the newspaper or did mm-hmm. they hear about us on the radio? Yeah. And there's usually a general principle in uh, marketing or advertising, right? That somebody has to see something seven times before they remember it. So I've like, heard that. Yeah. Is it the seventh time that they uh, saw? I mean, to, to try and put the more positive spin on this, though, uh, and just think, I mean, there's still something so uh, flattering and humbling about you're like oh my gosh how did these how did all these people like f- like decide to go and spend a night yeah. like watching me do something like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know there, there's something really cool about that still that I hope you never get over sort of like that that gratitude of like oh my gosh like uh, there's all these people and I don't understand how who they are or how they got here because we've done a lot of those shows too with other things where you're like I know every single person in this yeah. audience right uh, but when you don't know the majority of the audience you're sort of it's just sort of kind of overwhelming in some ways it's it's fantastic Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, we should say, because the, the paying performers piece is really important yes. uh, to both of us uh, and to what we do. So uh, we set a goal from the very uh, inception of the show that we were going to pay our performers for everything they do. And it's because, I, I mean, I really, again, I, I love improv and I think that it's it's a really beautiful, valuable art form that 
that should be, you know, appreciated and valued. And I've had some people, you know, this is kind of a, a debate sometimes that happens about, oh, do, is the only way to value this like monetarily? And obviously there are other ways to do it, but I just feel like for most audiences, like, you know, if you are saying to them, what's up on stage is worth something and we're going to ask you to help pay for that. Uh, that's that's really important. It's communicating something to them. It's us communicating something with our cast that this is something that we appreciate. So um, I think that basically we, we do, as we've said, like a season every fall and spring. And I think since season two, we've paid mm-hmm. our cast members for literally everything that we ever asked them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just we're very transparent that we try and break it down, that we have sort of of a 30 30 30 uh split for whatever we have a bare minimum like we would never um if there was a show that we lost money on we would still pay the cast for it mm-hmm. but it's like if we get um hired to do some ginormous conference show out in las vegas or something we just sort of take the the price that we were able to negotiate with the client and we just cut it up and say like 30 percent of that is going to go just straight to the performers Mm -hmm. um and then 30 percent of that usually is going to cover all of the different elements of doing that particular show uh Mm -hmm. whether it's like travel or or working with the client or whatnot and then uh, 30% is uh, investing back in the show, doing those advertising things and whatnot. And then 10% is a slush fund for when we move to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> viva la Mexico. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's fantastic. And it's a great model to, uh, to work off of. And I know that, I mean, you guys were paying your performers before most. And as an independent, that's, that's pretty amazing and admirable. Tell me about... The show that you, it's not a show, it's a uh, project. art project that you have coming up in August. So, uh, for August 19, uh, we received a grant from the Knight Foundation to put on an event we call All St. Paul's a Stage, where for one day there will be dozens and dozens of improvisers roaming the city in teams delivering improv telegrams to the people of St. Paul. So, people will be able to go onto a website and order an improv gram. They'll mm-hmm. fill out uh, their information, the information about the person they'd like to send it to. So, what is their name? How do we find this person? Where are they like? Likely to be at at a range of like, different. What do they uh, look like? Frames. That's yeah, like sure. uh, they'll probably be like this, so you can find them. So you don't have to just yell like Samantha, Samantha, um, and like six people turn around. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> I didn't realize there was all these Samanthas here. Um, and then uh, they provide a suggestion, like an inspiration for a scene. And then the day of, on August 19, uh, we will coordinate all these teams of improvisers to deliver these improvgrams so that they will go track down Samantha and then say, you know, hey, uh, we are with All St. Paul's a Stage. We are here delivering improvgrams. And we uh, would like to deliver one to you. Someone ordered it, and here's the inspiration for this scene. And then they will perform the scene, uh, however that may be. It could be mm-hmm. long form, short form, um, whatever, inspired by that. And then they'll hand out uh, cards kind of saying who and what just happened and then ask people to fill out a survey online. And then they're off to the next one to deliver a new one to someone else. And so just to sort of, uh, I mean, that's that's the, a good description of the whole, uh, how the actual process works. But I mean, the goal of this uh, whole project is... Uh, to basically bring improv and theater into 
virtually every nook and cranny of St. Paul that we possibly can. So if you can imagine more than 50 improvisers in uh, small teams uh, scattered out throughout the city, all doing short, uh, short long form improv scenes over and over again throughout the city uh, for a total of more than 300 individual performances. That is a lot. Uh, in like coffee shops and office towers and at bus stops. Sure. Uh, in public parks. And so for, for one whole day, you don't have to go to the theater. The theater comes to you in St. Paul. And we love it because it's entirely a co-creation between we've set up uh, as Danger Boat Productions sort of this tool of people being able to send improv grams to one another. Mm -hmm. But then because the sender is giving the inspiration mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously it'll probably be partially influenced by wherever it is and mm -hmm. who's there at that time. Yeah. And then it's all we're we're recruiting improvisers from all over the city, both cities, all the cities around here. Um, uh, so they're all obviously uh, going to be creating uh, the scenes themselves. So it's this amazing coming together of uh, citizenry and artists and performers all making something on the same day that is going to either be absolutely beautiful and wonderful or totally crazy. We'll get and, run out on a rail. Yeah. Uh, pitchforks and flaming torches. <laughs> Phil, can we cut that last part and we'll just keep the beautiful and wonderful? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think it, it sounds fantastic and it, it just sounds like it's going to just be fun. And yeah. uh, like it, and for the recipients, it, it, I mean, some of them who have probably never even heard of improv are going to be like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, but like, it's like still going to be before, fun. It's going to be super key to set that table right. Yeah. That you don't yeah. just bust in and say, this is inspired by dogwood driftwood. And then just go into it. And people are terrified. Like, you got to be very clear. Like, hi, we're non-threatening. Somebody <clears throat> sent uh, something for you. And but I think, I, and I think you're right. There's going to be such this sense of anticipation and fun in that, uh, you know, imagine you're on your way to work uh, in St. Paul and you, uh, on, at the bus stop, there's like uh, three improvisers who show up and they're like, hey, uh, somebody send an improv gram uh, to this bus stop because uh, you can send it to a place as well as to another person. Sure. And uh, so oh, they do. That's really cool. They do a, an improv scene inspired by the new A line uh, bus rapid transit, and then they disappear. <laughs> and then you're at your office, and like around eleven o'clock, you know, somebody comes into the lobby, and they're like, "Hey, somebody sent an improv gram here to uh, this trophy manufacturer that you work for, uh, and it's inspired by uh, little league failures." And uh, <laughs> then they do a scene there, and then you like go out for lunch, and you're uh, walking down the street, and there's improv happening like on different streets street corners for people sitting at sidewalk cafes uh having their lunch and uh i i think that it, it's gonna be it's gonna be something yeah fun. it's really exciting because to our knowledge nothing like this has ever happened before right and so like which maybe for good reason but we'll <laughs> find out well it was very humbling to get the support to do this because uh, i will like yeah. to reiterate like we are paying performers for yeah. this that yeah. is like there's more than 50 percent of the whole budget for the whole yeah. event and so, like, we, we wouldn't be able to do something like this without that support. And so, to and we do should it, thank the people who are financially supporting yeah, us. Yeah. So, so uh, we got the grant from the 
John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. That's yes. it. Yep. You could totally. I'm going to tattoo that on your arm. And so they're based out of St. Paul, and we've also uh, based received out some... of Miami, but that's what? close. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they have. They're they're in St. Paul. They as do well, have a presence. In other St. Paul. I mean, Miami and St. Paul are basically yeah, the same. They are. They both have. Uh, those windswept beaches. Um, so, and we also got a grant from the city of St. Paul from the St. Paul Cultural Star Grant. Mm. Didn't mess that one up, did I? No, no. Uh, so yeah, so uh, it is really, and again, it's sort of the same thing with we were saying before. You get audiences who show up to your shows, and you're like, wow, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody's like, hey, this crazy idea you had to bring <clears throat> to do 300 improv scenes in one day uh, out in the streets of St. Paul. We're going to give you money to make that happen. Well, right. Wow, that's crazy. That's cool. Well, it, it's, it shouldn't be amazing, but it is that you guys have consistently had unique ideas and you consistently get funded to be able to do it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive track record. Well, that's that's very nice of you to say. I mean, actually, the thing that I've had to learn, and I, I feel like this, is, I always tell people this is a pitfall of being an improviser, is that like ideas are easy. Like we yeah, come up with right. lots of ideas all the time. Uh, and so, one of the things I've actually had to learn um, in when we're so somebody comes to us and they're like, "Hey, we've got a conference uh, next month, and we'd really like the theater of public policy to be involved, but we don't know exactly how." I my bad habit is to like just spitball at them like fifty different crazy <laughs> things that we could do that would be amazing and fun and like wow, people won't stop talking about that. And I've learned that like people get this panicked look in their eyes because yeah. it's like that's too much. I don't know what to. Do with all sure. of those possibilities. That yeah. panic look comes from me because then I think, oh no, we're gonna have to perform for eight hours. Brandon has told me that I need to stop. Like, put your brain in a box. Yeah, put my brain in a box because I keep giving. Particularly, we do most of our shows at the Bryant Lake Bowl, and every okay. season I come up with a new sort of like element to the show or something like that. And I go to the Bryant Lake Bowl and I'm like, hey, what if we had a uh, live sketch artists like drawing <laughs> the show while we're doing doing it which is something we actually did all yeah, last season and the brian lake bowl is like that sounds really cool so all right so we're up to about like 10 different like people that you have sort of like doing different things <laughs> in the theater at different times that's a eventually it's going to be just that everyone in the theater is being paid to be there basically <laughs> and work uh well speaking of somebody who has never been paid to work mm. <laughs> now's the time where i throw the uh, in the show where I throw the microphone over to Philip Sevendet for a brand new segment that we call Philip's Corner. It's Philip's Corner. It's Philip's Corner. It's still Philip's Corner. I could have kept going, but I got bored. I thank you for not turning blue. I would like to point out that this is we're not in an actual corner. Well, it's more of a uh, like area. It's an, Phillips an area. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have that ring to it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Phillips Corner. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, this is the part of the show where I get to ask you questions. It's exciting. You might have noticed I have not participated yet <laughs> for the most part. I can see where this uh, whole co-host host uh, yeah. <laughs> dynamic comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm clearly not a host of this show. Demi demi host at best. Demi host. So, here's how this works. Okay. I'm, I'm going to look into your eyes and extract a question from your soul. 
I'm not good at this, so it's going to be terrible. Okay. But you are good at answering, so it's going to be okay. 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 So That's we'll start. Good. We'll start Does over it here. Hurt. It might. Okay. It's been known to. It's also a brand new segment, so we'll find out. Tain. Philip. What's the tallest Lego structure you've ever built? Ooh, uh, I did. Uh, I used to really like Legos. Can I just, I, this is a slight tangent to, to your question. Go for it's just it. that I kind of feel like all of the Lego kits that you get now that have something pre-built inside of them are bullshit. Uh, that yeah. You should just give kids like a box of Legos that have no, uh, that have nothing that they are supposed to build. The point like, of Legos is creativity, build whatever, yeah. and now it's just a list of instructions. Right. Which, they, they would be bankrupt. So Lego went through some tough times a couple years ago, and then they started doing branded Legos where you could get like Harry Potter Legos. Well, and, like, and that has like saved them financially. Okay, fine. I guess uh, that's sad. You would rather live in a world without Legos. No, that's not that's <laughs> exactly not what I said. Uh, so tallest Lego structure that I ever built. Um, I know I tall is hard. So actually, it's funny now that I've done all of this sort of like uh, uh, raining on pre like created Lego structures. My boyfriend did buy me the like Simpsons Lego treehouse to build like Ooh. a few years, a couple years ago. I don't know. That was a couple feet tall. No, not even. That was maybe like a foot and a half tall. So. That's big. Uh, uh, it was good. It was tallish. Uh, it came with a bunch of different characters to walk around on it. So, uh, end of end of answer. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. What is something that you wish did not exist anymore? Ooh. Well, there seems to be several obvious answers, <laughs> but uh, yes, there's the very obvious ones of war, famine, pestilence, and the fourth horseman, whatever his name is, death. I think, no, I think we should have death. There should be death in some form or other. I think it'd be bad if everything lived forever for all time. And you just yes. get bored. There's... I don't know if that's the real problem. So this is my <laughs> this is uh, this is my very dark question that I ask people sometimes. Never on our show, uh, but I'll ask it on your show. Yes, which do. Is like, do you find it depressing and and sad or uh, reassuring that everyone? that you know and everyone in the world will die eventually. So reassuring. See, that's what's interesting to me is every single person says to me, like, yes, very reassuring. I, you kind of expect somebody at some point to be like, no, it's sad. I've, okay, this is... A, I did get kind of freaked out. I don't know why, but thinking about that Woody Allen scene where, like, the sun's going to burn out in four billion years. Like, that gave me pause. Like, oh, no, everything that ha- has been will be gone yeah i've been talking about this a lot lately with with friends of mine i've found myself sometimes paralyzed by like like holding on to potential for too long you know because like you don't want to like start something and then ruin it but but going way past into the into the future and going yeah okay things might not work out but eventually everyone who's alive right now will be dead and no one will care. Yeah. It's like really comforting and it allows me to like take risks. See, I'm paralyzed to like make that more down to earth and like I have all these stickers but I can't put the stickers on anything because I think as soon as I like peel it off and put it to something, I'll immediately regret it. Like yeah. I'll come across like, oh no, this would have been perfect for that sticker. I- so I have like a small little shoebox full of interesting stickers that like are not sticking to anything, yeah. which is what they're supposed to do. I know, Brandon, you're wasting these stickers. 
I, you're not experiencing the light. Be the point of the stickers. Forever. I should just throw them in a fire or something, or put them all on one thing. So it's the thing if you could eliminate from the world stickers. No, no, no. no. I like <laughs> stickers. Um, the the thing I would eliminate is very like abstract. Like it, it, the the idea of that things should remain the same. I guess so. Constants. I think people should be comforted by entropy to an extent. Like that. Yeah. Like. Well, because it's like, I don't know, being in the public policy world, I find it most aggregating, aggravating with the NIMBY stuff, like all the not-in-my-backyard people who like, I don't want bike lanes in this Careful, area. Careful, we're recording in St. Paul. <laughs> I don't want this to be built or any new development or whatnot, that people want things to always be the same and like put it in a box under a bed like that sticker and not change. So we, we should peel it off. Vote for Brandon Boat. Uh, Reign of Chaos will, bring, uh, will be brought to your town. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'd sling fireballs. Brandon, you should put a sticker. Use use one sticker every day. Every day? I put a temporary tattoo, a mustache on my face for the 4th of July. And I was thinking, like, this is kind of dorky and dumb. But it was a mustache. And so where should a mustache go? Right on your face. And it had an American flag, 4th of July. So it was like the perfect time to wear that. I can't fathom what this mustache with an American flag on it is. <laughs> I think you know exactly what it is. I don't think it's that complex. What? I think you just broke it down into the core elements. What style mustache was it? Kind of handlebar, so it kind of curled on the end. But it was also like super short. It was only about like an inch long. And so it didn't, I mean. You had a Hitler flag mustache? No, 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 no. no. It curled on the end. This was not like the trapezoid <laughs> Hitler mustache. That was that's not Hitler really ruined that mustache. I don't think that mustache had a lot going for what it. What a Charlie Chaplin. A Chaplin. I think <laughs> the Tramp character had some more iconic features rather than the little mustache. End of answer. <laughs> Final question for the both of you. You are running for some public voting on position together. Uh, one of you is is going to be the delegate, and one of you will be the co or demi delegate. What are you running for? And what's your plat? What's your uh, what's your your taglines? Do we have to decide this together? Or yeah, together as a as a as a duo. What do you want to run for? Well, office? so uh, I'm going to reveal something which is actually very. This is just trying me showing off like policy nerd bona fides. But there's uh, people don't really know who their county commissioners are. I feel like, and county commissioners actually have a lot of authority and a lot of money to work with. Um, so that seems like, I mean, everyone always goes and bitches to their, uh, city council member or something, but city budgets are all tied up in different things. I mean, county can kind of do whatever the hell it feels like. Who's, Hennepin County is Peter McLaughlin? Well, that's one of like, there's like 11. I just see him everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. If I, if Peter McLaughlin, I assume he listens to this podcast. Uh, he, his favorite. He needs, Puts it on at the I want to get him some more interesting socks because he has very boring socks. You've been critical of that before. I know. So, uh, but we have to answer this question. What are we running for? I don't know. That was one idea. But um, why, why yeah, that sounds there? like an easy campaign. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to do a hard campaign. I think politics is very. I think it would be difficult for me running for something because uh, I I'm kind of introverted, and so I don't like the idea of having to go to all these different campaign things and meet people. I find that would produce a lot of anxiety for me. I find it difficult to imagine running for something because of all the things that we have said on podcasts and other places <laughs> that are being recorded that are just uh, 
a treasure trove for some oppo research can, person. People can get over that now. I mean, the expectation is that you know all that stuff exists, that there's some sort of digital record, and I don't think people are too shaken by that. Some people are. Okay, so what's our platform then? Um, so we're running for county commissioner. I, we didn't decide that. Maybe our platform is we'll do whatever we feel you like. You want to do soil and water conservation? Uh, no. <laughs> I can we just preserve the water? What about judge? Judge, yeah. But there's not really a co-judge system, but there could be a demi-judge system. We, we started. Ta- we could tag in and out. Or we Would- sit on the same bench. Yeah. Like I like piano judge. duet. Oh, uh, uh, underneath the robe, you could just be sitting <laughs> You're on. You're stacked. Yeah. Little rascal <laughs> you're, style. You're, wow, that judge is tall. <laughs> <laughs> you're giant judge. <laughs> I mean, judge is nice because it's one of the few things you get elected to where you get a, you get a costume. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to be judge. What is our platform? Uh, can't be tough on crime. That's what everyone else is. And I think it's a bad policy in general. Should we st- How about sc- dress code? Uh, like, we will have a very strict dress code um, for everyone. What about we do something like the Catholic Church used to do in Southern? <laughs> nope. <laughs> never, <laughs> no, not. sell indulgences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, get, just get, get out, out of jail, jail free cards. My, my Lutheran pastor father would absolutely love if I took up a judgeship and started selling indulgences. <laughs> Except maybe uh, instead of money, people had to do, like, you have to sing us a song or something. Oh, yeah, it could be, like, do something nice. Like, you have to you have to give that lady, uh, uh, that old lady, a walk across the street you have on to your take back. An, take an improv class. You have yes. to take an imp- Everyone has to take improv classes, and the classes are now booked up for the next 40 All right, years. before we start this trial, Trial. Uh, just like to do a bit of the clap game together. <laughs> Great. That has been Philip's Corner. Yay. Uh, all right. You guys ready to do some improv? Yes. Next up, oh, It's such a nice day for a picnic in the park. Well, I mean, on a day like this, you have to go outside. I'm glad you could come with me, John. Oh, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I mean, I don't have a picnic basket like you do. I can't have one of these things. Did you just hear that, John? Uh, yeah, was that a dog or a... I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not going to let something like that spoil our picnic. It's right. our day, after all. Right, it's, it's a beautiful day. It's, I feel like we never talk. Right, Mark? Well, I mean, that's why I brought you here. I find my most... Okay. I, I'm sorry, I just it's can't get, ignore yeah, that anymore. No, I heard it too. It's like getting angry. Well, it, wait, is, is that it over there behind that tree? No, it's gone again. I don't, I don't see it anymore. But that tree's not... Not wide enough to hide an animal. It's like a thin tree. This is getting rather silly. I, I, we, we shouldn't be afraid about something like this. Uh, no, it's the park. Just, it's daytime. The sun's... Well, it's I'll getting cloudy. down the blankets. It's, it's getting cloudy. It's getting... It's getting is, that a, so, is that a cat or a... So you brought um, brie cheese. That's my favorite. Yeah. What? Now it ate that bird. There are no birds chirping anymore. It got deathly silent. And the, is that a cow? John, Moo. I'm afraid. I, 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 I think we should go. None of these trees are wide enough to hide a cow. John. Mark. Moo. I have something to tell you. Yeah? I planned all of this. What? Guys, can you come out, please? <gasps> that, that, that dog and that cow, they're friends of mine. Is this some sort of... Barnyard Moo. telegram? It, it is. I I never know how people are going to react on a picnic, and so I like to put them through their paces. I like to stress them out a little bit. Why? This, this I, We were having such a nice time. I understand if you hate me, but 
This is very important to me. Uh, cow, c- could you come here? John, John <laughs> pet the cow. <laughs> He's very nice. And... It's rough as sandpaper. What is... Does uh, this cow have a skin condition? I, I put hair gel in his skin. It pulls it up. It gives him a nice texture, I feel like. Uh, dog, come here. Come, dog, come say hello to John. <laughs> Hi, dog. Hey, buddy. Oh, he, relax. I'm afraid he really did eat that bird. He can be vicious. You brought a prickly cow and an angry dog just to razz me? John, I do this for everyone. Why? Clearly, you don't think you're an exception. I'm... Taking my picnic basket, going home. So another, another, another one didn't pass the picnic test, eh? No, I'm running out of friends. It seems. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I don't understand why they can't understand how you how you get how you get a cow to hide in a tree. I don't either. You're the only one who's passed the it's, test. I I loved it. I just I'll never forget the time when that dog came came out and ate that mongoose. I know. And the, then you turned around and saw me on bended knee. I knew I'd met the one, and I gave you the <laughs> ring. And we had that ceremony with all the dogs and all the cows making all the ruckus. There were so many dogs and cows back then. It's too bad none of the wedding guests came or stayed. I didn't think that you needed to have a fire test during the wedding. Well, I thought it would be important. Safety first, after all. Well, safety, but I mean, it's during the ceremony. Yes, well, that's when you least expect it. I wanted it to feel real. It doesn't work if people know it's a drill. It's, uh, I, I, I agree. Speaking of which, there's something hidden in this house. Wait a minute. Oh, two can play your game. I know what's going on here. That's air raid siren. It's something you set up, isn't it's it? It's true. I did. I put these coordinates into a certain computer. What, what do you mean? NORAD? NORAD. You, you, you labeled this as bombing coordinates? You can't bomb Bikini Island too many times. Now I know why you called me here. I thought Bikini Island was a strange place for a honeymoon. Well, what are we going to do? Are you going to pass the test? Uh, uh, deep breaths. Yes. I'm going to pass the test. Maybe we should go. I mean, really. Oh, what are you, chicken? No, no, no. I'm, 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 Look at the cows here. The cow's just fine with it. Cow. It's like the cow doesn't even realize what's about to fall on his head. I, I'm afraid. I love you now more than ever. I love you too. Can you can you put the coordinates in the computer and tell them to Wait, what's that sound? Is that the sound of a bomb whistling drop? It's, it's the sound of a bomb full of snakes. Snakes. <laughs> yep, this whole island's going to be covered in snakes oh, any God. minute. <laughs> Climb up on that picnic table. Oh, oh! Picnic tables just ain't selling the way they used to. I don't know if we should keep building them. Maybe it's time to shut down the whole factory. Don't talk about things like that, Donna. No, I don't know. I just don't know if people care anymore, Michael. I just feel like maybe it's time to just we just pack it all up and we just go home. I don't agree with that at all. That's stinking thinking. We we haven't sold a picnic table in two weeks. It's gonna pick up. 
It's bound to pick up what, at some point. What do you think? Like, uh, Kim Kardashian's going to like walk and like put a this rumpus on That's a great idea. A, we a, need, we a, just need to start marketing to the stars. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can Hello. you boys help me? You Kim will? Kardashian? Is, is, is there a bus stop nearby? I'm, I'm terribly late for an appointment. Kim Kardashian takes the bus. My Rolls Royce broke down, and the driver went to go get a can of gas and a mechanic, Can and we, I'm late. Let me show you this way to the uh, the bus stop. Oh, look at all these tables. Yes, yes, the tables are very nice. But oh, I, very <laughs> nice, very nice. I have this appointment. I need. Can to you feel to the grooves in this one? Look at this, honey. It says that Kim Kardashian thinks that picnic tables are very nice. I will sit anywhere that she tells me to. Honey. What? She's known for sitting, right? She, well, yeah, Right? Because yes. that butt knows how to sit? Well, yeah. Is that, is that the marketing campaign they're going for? Honey, I've asked you several times to stop reading Us Weekly. Are you still reading Us Weekly? I'm reading Us Weekly. Damn it. Am I going to stay current on the gossip? Reggie. Bling. Hold on one second. Hello? Hi. Uh, um, uh, I was uh, interested in uh, uh, ordering uh, uh, zero refrigerator running. Uh, yes? Because you better go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting prank called again, Reggie. You got prank called? Yeah. Give me that phone. Hey, hey you little snot-nosed bastard. Hey. The uh, fuck you doing? You got a, 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 a guy named Albert, and maybe he's a prince in a can? I know what you're doing. You're because pranking you're pr- us. You're but, cranking our yanks. Better let him out. Mm, gotcha. That's two in a row. Hey, you little snot bastard. I'm going to star 69 you and find out where you're, where you're calling from, and I'm going to come down and I'm going to rip your esophagus out. Right out of your goddamn hey, throat. Uh, do you guys have a, a, a methane leak? Is that a fart joke? Yeah, I got you. Three I'm times. coming for you, you little fucker. Richie, Richie. What? What is the matter with you? you? I am sick of these these dang pranksters, okay? Hey, you hey, do you have, do you, do you have a job? Because I'm, I'm your boss and you're fired. Don't jerk me around, boy, okay? <laughs> you're fired. Don't come into work anymore. Okay, uh, honey, I have bad news. <laughs> so did you get, did you get a... Did you, get, did you get the prank call? It totally fell for it. Oh my gosh, did you fire him? I fired him. He's not going into work tomorrow. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I know. You should try You should try calling somebody and telling them that they're actually that they're actually a ghost. That they're a ghost? That they're a ghost. No, no one's going to believe that, man. I don't know. You're pretty you think good. so? You're very good at this. Okay. You're good. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll heal someone up. Okay, dial somebody up. That's a lot of numbers. Yes, this is Reggie Sock Puppet. Hey, Reggie Sock Puppet. Yes? Are you a ghost? Um, I seem to be corporeal. Oh, because you are a ghost. Oh God! Okay, hang up. Hang up. Hang oh, God. oh God! Oh <laughs> God! What's wrong, Reggie? I just found out that I'm dead. What? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry, sweet. I should have had a funeral. I'm so sorry. Why didn't you? Do you, I thought you cared. This is the first time hearing of it. Oh. 
Oh, it's true. I'm dead. I'm a ghost. Oh, just sit down. Sit down. Dad, I heard you're a ghost. It's true. No. I'm so sorry, Lucy. I can't believe this happened. I'd hug you, but I'm incorporeal. Don't do it, Dad. Don't get your ectoplasm on me. (laughs) Lucy, look, I don't... Even though I'm a single mother now, okay, just know that I'm going to be like two parents in one for you, okay, Lucy? Ding dong! I'll open it, I can't! I'll get it, I'll get it. (laughs) Hello, Uh, hello, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, it's Jimmy, hey Sally, I hear that your dad's dead, do you want to go to prom? I mean, now that now that you're sort of damaged goods, uh, he can't take me, so I might as well. All right. I'm going to totally get down in on this broken I, family. I, w- I would push you out the door right now, but I can't. I don't have a strong male role model figure anymore. I'm probably going to go to second phase. And I'm uh, doing yeah. my best, but I can't be two people. I'm trying. You can't help it, Mom. I'm so sorry, family. <laughs> they, totally, they totally fell for it. I told him it was a ghost. Oh my gosh, this is, this is an incredible power you have. What should, what should I do next? What, I could call anyone. You could call anyone. Maybe you should call Maybe you should call the uh, president and you should tell him no, that he's actually no. the, he's actually the president of Canada and there's been a confusion. Really? He's never going to do that. I don't know, like, because it's kind of similar that he's still a president, so it makes sense. It's okay. logical. Okay, I'm going to do it. And so it's just it's Canada I'm now. Gonna, I'm going to dial. I'm going to dial him up. Because you have his number. Uh, yeah, I go right here. In it, thanks, Internet. So I'm going to dial the president. Tell him that he's actually the president of Canada. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. This is uh, this is this is Barack. Yeah. Uh, where 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 are you the president of? Uh, the United States of no, of, no, of America. No, no. You're you're the president of Canada <laughs> because you're I, not you're not Barack Obama. You're Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Surprised you didn't know that. Why did why didn't you know that? You're a, you're I, a French Canadian guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I. I am. Look, look in the mirror. You're going to see Justin Trudeau, president of Canada, not Bar- not Barack Obama. I hang up, hang up, hang up. Click. Didn't know that I should have been up in Canada this entire time. All right, oh. Mr. President, we have your briefing here. Uh, you've got a busy day. Uh, is something wrong? What's the matter? I'm in the wrong office. Wait. I've got to go. Sir? Wait, where, where are you going? Sir? I do not want to uh, uh, alarm anyone, uh, but it does appear that the president is uh, missing. (laughs) Yes, okay. Uh, It's fine. We have prepared for this contingency. Uh, We uh, we have a computer with all of the president's thoughts in it. Question, question, question. Uh, Yes, yes. Is it NORAD? uh, Yes, it's NORAD, uh, which does mean that we're going to have to put a pause on any sort of snake bombings for the time being. Question, what happened to the whole vice president situation? Is there a lineage for this? It's already in place. It's it's 2016, sir. We've moved on from having Wait a second. That's Dick Dick Cheney right there. Hey, come on, man. It's my chance. It was my no, chance. Do not shoot me, Dick Cheney, please. Okay, uh, uh, so. Qu- question. I got, I got, I got yes. a question. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm mumbling. Uh, sir. Did, yes. did, did you know that uh, your hands are uh, actually made of 
cheese. What? <laughs> oh my god! You know that? Why, why you know they made of cheese? How could this be? Don't eat them. I've been Don't using them, them this whole time. Hands. How? How have I? I there might be mice anywhere. I have to. Everyone, I have to go. I'll leave you to figure out how the president robot works without me. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway to Canada, I'll get there and run the country correctly. Maybe they'll elect me another time. Hey, honey, was that who is that man? Who is that French Canadian looking man well, running outside the, the car? That's how he stays so fit. He runs along the highway. Wow, that is why he has those abs. I know, Dwight. Honey, I wish you wouldn't bring up his abs every single day. Well, I'm just, it's something that a woman finds attractive in a man. I try and do sit-ups, and they're not for me. They're not for everyone. Well, no, I mean, I can also enjoy a receding hairline and a hair lip. I know, that's why, that's why you marry me. I brought you to that picnic, and I surprised you. I took off the wig and showed and, you my hair lip. And, and Bessie the cow never, never returned my advances. Uh-oh. Is that, is that a flat tire? Did a snake bite our tire? Oh, hold on. I'll pull over. Hey, Mr. Trudeau, can you help change a tire? Sorry. On my way to Canada. Those Canadians, they are not as helpful as people say that they are. No, they're not. What? Well, yeah, it was a rattlesnake. A there snake are a lot tire. of snakes around here. I will just say that right now. Nah, probably one of those snake bombs. This is a testing field, if you didn't know. Just like our honeymoon. Ah! One bit me. I guess you're a ghost now. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to bite you. I was good for the tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You snakes. You're no good for this country. Hello, snake. Hello. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't group us all together. Snakeist. Yeah, all of us snakes are very different. We're all individual snakes. I'm not going to take anything from you two, snake. I don't mind. I'm sorry if you don't mind me asking. Are you two snakes in a relationship right now? Yes. For now, but I mean, yeah. relationships are temporary. I thought, thank God, oh eventually God. all relationships. Oh my God. Did end. I just un- did I just open up something uh, very you, personal? You opened up a bag of people. I'm just very frightened of the idea of a relationship. And lasting I thought forever. you were committed. I'm committed now. We were in a circle together. Getting kind of tired here. I was eating your tail. Excuse me, we have an emotional problem, happening. Uh, Do you all have any snake eggs together? I think that's how you reproduce. I put my my back of my tail firmly down, and I said, "No eggs for us." Um, I have something to tell you. Could somebody roll me onto my back so I'm not on my face, please? Honey, we will get to you in a minute. What is it, Janessa? We have three eggs together, Sebastian. How am I only hearing about this now? <gasps> oh my gosh, I feel like we're on the Maury Povich show. <laughs> I thought you were committed. I didn't I didn't know. If you thought I was committed, why are you hiding three eggs from me? I didn't mean to. I just I, I, I went off the snake oil for a couple of days. That's ridiculous. I, honey, isn't this adorable? They're they've got three snake together. Oh, I know. Uh, welcome to the border, eh? Uh, you got anything uh, to declare? Uh, I am the president of Canada. Oh, 
Don't we have one of those already? It's me. Also, isn't it not president? It's pres minister. Hmm. Okay. All right, all right. Supervisor Let's coming through. What seems to be the problem here? Well, this is uh, apparently either our president or president minister. Yeah, president, huh? Well, you passed the look test, but now you need to pass the presidential test. Hey, Jimmy, why don't you go get the presidential test out and back? Oh, okay. He'll be right back. We'll get this sorted out. We'll know whether you're the president or not. Okay. I'm betting not. You got it, Jimmy? I've got the list. Okay. I am How? ready. Great. How many pull-ups can you do? 16. Oh, okay, prove that's it. Right. Wow, he's doing two at a time. Hey there, uh, what's going on in here, huh? Uh, this is uh, this is your prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Uh, hello. This is a wrinkle. Oh, we, they can't both be president. This is a wrinkle, uh, eh? Excuse me, what, why is this man on my pull-up bar? He's uh, doing the presidential fitness test. He's claimed to be the president... Minister. Uh, well, uh, I, the, 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 16. 16. Oh, that's, that's nothing, eh? I've been doing pull ups uh, since I started talking to you. I, 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 I haven't stopped yet. I haven't even worked up a sweat, eh? It's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, eh? Huh? Fellas, fellas, fellas. Now, both of you can't be the president. And I can't well, just shoot both of you and let God sort it out. We need to get this settled here. I'll Sounds like a fitness off. Listen, eh? I just, uh, I don't know. I, I want to be polite and all. So uh, if you, uh, you know, if it's not too much to ask, I would just ask that you uh, uh, allow me to go back to my democratically elected uh, position there, if that's okay. Whoa, 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 hold on. You can't be making any proclamations. Until we know who's the president, both of you can't boss anybody around. We need to have a fit fight. That's what uh, it's uh, going to have to be. Uh, Jimmy, I'm not go a get big the fit on the fight equipment and back. Oh, sure. <laughs> Okay, there. Uh, well. Uh, uh, great, Jimmy. All right, boys. Okay, I've really got... Really easy. Here's how the fit fight is going to work. Now, when I shoot off this starter pistol, then you two are going to have a fit off. Here, take take the bocce balls. All right, uh, there. I can carry a thousand of them. Now, you got to have the cricket bat, too. Oh, no problem. I know where to put that. Jimmy, can you set up the flags in the line? Oh, absolutely. All right, so while he's doing that, I'm going to explain the rules. Now... Put on these blindfolds. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll okay. Help tie it in hey that. there, uh, Mr. President. Can I help you with yours there? there? Oh. Now, now there'll be no be titles. Friendly. No titles until we know who's who. All right, can we just shake hands then there? Eh? Uh, the hurdles are set I'd at standard size, eh? Okay. Thank you, Jimmy. Okay, there Great we go. Uh, good work. Uh, very excited to be uh, spending this time with you. Uh, it's going to be great. Me as well. Okay? I think it'll be great for both of our countries. All right, I'm going to show Wait, you No, he just said both of our countries there, eh? I tricked him Something admitting right? him. Something is coming back. I'm not... I'm Barack Obama. So wait a minute, we're not going to do the fit-off? Huh. Oh, actually, we still should. It'd be great for goodwill for bring, both countries. Bring, bring, bring. Hello? Hey, hey, uh, is this uh, uh, Jim Johnson? This is Jim Johnson. Did you know that you're actually a glass of orange juice? What? But don't get drank, buddy. That'd be bad. Don't get drank. My life is a lie. All this time I thought I was a man. No, you're you're an orange juice glass. Nobody ever told you except for now. <laughs> oh, God. I think he spilled. 
Call up Canada. No, man, I can't. I can't. I can't call Canada. Call the whole country. Call the whole country. Really? Okay, I'll get the number. Bring, 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 bring. Hey, hello there. This is Canada. Is this Canada? Uh, just uh, yes, sir. It is. Uh, this is Canada. What can we provide? Oh, wait a minute. You, you, you can't be Canada because you're not Canada. You what? You, you are uh, a playpen for polar bears. Oh yeah. Well, we do have a lot of. Oh, oh I'm all of a sudden. You're not a country. You don't have a flag or a currency or any elected government. You're just a playpen. If you didn't know that. Oh my gosh. What have we been doing all this time there? I know you look pretty stupid. I thought that we we held, we were a Commonwealth no. country, and we. No. Uh, had a, but no, or I was wrong. That old time theory. Not a not a not a not not a tundra with a bunch of native nations. You're just a playpen. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for bringing this to our attention. There, that would have been that would have been very embarrassing if we hadn't known that. It's pretty stupid. Yeah. I'm. Gosh. Uh, we had that World Summit coming up. Captain, I've been getting several calls about uh, people finding out that they are things such as a glass of juice, some monkey bars, uh, a pair of glasses, mm-hmm. and uh, a Montreal Expo. I don't even know what that is. Why are they calling us? Because apparently there's some perp out there calling people and telling them that they're these things, and these people are believing them. Oh, they think it's against the law to, to lie? It, well, uh, according to uh, the, the new NORAD laws. Mm. Goddamn President Robot. Yeah. Bring, 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 bring. 911. Hey, yeah, is this nine one one? Uh, yes. No, it's not. You're you're not nine one one. You're uh an intransitive verb. <laughs> you're just, you're just a dumb verb, and you didn't know that. Let me put you on hold, sir. I got the. You better, you better go do something like jump, but not describe anything because you're the verb. I got the perp on the line right now. I'll chase a call, and uh, would you go over there and arrest him, please? Right. This sounds like a job for robot president. God damn it, robot president! No, this is not a job for robot. I'm taking over this entire affair. This is not a military state, robot Watch president. The snake bombs towards the source of the call. Hold on, I, 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 hear, oh. I hear a noise. I gotta go check on something. But you keep being a verb because that's what you are. You're just a verb. Hey, man, I, I just called him out. I called 911. <laughs> what did you tell 911? Tell them they're a verb. <laughs> yeah, tell them. Tell them that they're a verb. That sound? I don't, I don't, it's maybe. Yeah, uh, that's not a snake bomb. There's a lot of snakes around here all of a sudden. No, no, these, 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 these aren't snakes. Uh, these, ow! No, I guess maybe they are snakes. Hey, snake. Hey, I'm separated from my wife. It didn't work out. I'm sorry. That's too bad. It's okay. I got under the bomb squad so that I could travel the world. That's cool. So where have you been, snake? Oh, I've been bombing uh, bombing uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. So I was part of a bath bomb bath for a bomb. while. That's cool. Uh, That's good. Oh, I bombed a, a Basilica Block Party oh, concert. That was fun. Okay. Yeah. Snakes. Avet Brothers were there. It was that's great. Good. Okay. Okay, good. Kid? Uh, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, you have kids I didn't realize. Dad. I didn't realize either. Oh, until man. Recently. How, how awkward. Dad. Uh, did, uh, did you bite my friend? Uh, yes, and I will bite him more, but I need uh, to be a good father for right now. Hello, son. I'm hungry. Oh, there's a person over here you can bite. Oh, 
Snakes just lived off human flesh. They do. I'm not, I'm not doing so well. I, I need to make one. I need to make a phone. Kids, can I just swallow this one? Yeah, start from the feet. Hey, Snake, pick up that phone. Just pick up that phone. Hello, this is God. Hey, God. Uh... Uh, did you, did you know you're not God? Uh, I didn't hear that. You're, you're, you're porcupine. You're just a pokey porcupine. God is a porcupine. What could this mean? Uh, I did it. Go. Go. That's all I wanted to do. Okay, man. See you later. Alright. I'm in the snake now. It's okay. It's funny you should call yourself and tell yourself that you're not a snake meal. Uh, I can, can I call myself? I don't know. Okay. Do you have two phones? I just gave it to the... Okay. I'm just going to go to sleep now. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Tyler was a mischievous boy, uh, sure. But... Uh, <laughs> But we loved him all the same. And <laughs> I never would have become a fire hydrant without him. Yes. Those damn snake bombs. They should be outlawed. Whoever came up with us, I'm going to find you. I'm going to sue you. Okay, this is just a time to remember Tyler and just uh, send him on the way to the great porcupine <laughs> okay. in the sky. So if you could just bow your heads and uh, pray to the porcupine, that would be, that would be, I think, what Tyler wants. So, uh, great prickly being in the sky. Thank you uh, for taking taking our dearly beloved and lost into your quills and burrowing. I don't really know very much about what porcupines do. <laughs> no. Porcupines work in mysterious ways. That's true. So. so. If you want to roll the snake carcass into the the <coughs> ground, <coughs> I'm I, I wish so we went open full. casket. Why do we have to bury him in the snake? It's what the snake wanted. <laughs> Those damn snakes. Take it up with your president. Get a meeting. I, I know that this is a, a funeral for the boy that was eaten, but I'm. What are you doing here, snake? I'm grieving that we're also burying my son. And sure, I abandoned his mother once I knew about him, but I tried to be a good snake dad. Let him in. Let him in. We're not as bad as those snake bombs, are we? He's grieving, too. Just let him in. I hope you realize what you and your ilk have done here. I'm so sorry. He knows. He knows as he slithers over here. If only we... Still had President Trudeau here to protect but, us. But we do. <gasps> what? I am back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do some pull-ups. You're not the real president. Oh, my God. Look at him go. He is President Trudeau. Can you save us? I can. I can put everything right again. But I will not. <gasps> we must learn how to deal with adversity that is what we have learned from the snakes and from tyler thank you tyler thanks that's why i voted for robot president
And that's our show. Thank you to... Oh, I'm Tane Danger. I'm Brandon Boat. From Danger Boat Productions. So, guys, how can people learn more about uh, All St. Paul's a Stage and what else is going on with you guys? Um, for All St. Paul's a Stage, they can go to improvgram.com. So, improv and then gram.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find out uh, about our upcoming shows by going to t2p2.net. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter P, the number two. The Theater of Public Policy. Yes. Which is why it's Yeah, that wasn't forced at all. Uh, so, yes. Uh, and uh, and so we do stuff all the time here in the Twin Cities. And people go and uh, order your improv grams uh, August 19th. And then find a reason to be in St. Paul on August 19th and watch uh, the fun unravel. Watch the shenanigans. And uh, your fall season will be starting when? Uh, we'll be at the Bryan Lake Bowl every Monday in September and October after Labor Day, including on Halloween, which we haven't totally figured out what we're going to do yet, but I'm sure we will come up with a thousand ideas. Everyone's in a costume. Yeah, at least. (laughs) Philip, what is going on with you? Uh, You can see me at Huge Theater Friday nights, 8 o'clock, and the award goes to, is the name of that show. Mm -hmm. Um, Who does it go to? Anyone but me. Okay. <laughs> also, you can see me at Huge Theater Saturday nights, 10.30, with The Painters. <gasps> love, love them so much. Uh, the op- openers are Mount Rushmore, so mm-hmm. that's a great Yeah, bill. with uh, with Joe Bozick Joe now Bozick. in for Joe Halverson. Exactly. Um, because Mr. Halverson moved uh, far away, exactly. and we love him. We miss him. Yeah, we do. Uh, and those shows both run through August. And then this month's local music scene guest is Kate Simons, and that will be on Monday... Uh, July 25th at the Bryant Lake Bowl. What are you up to, man? Terrific. I uh, still have a couple of shows left of uh, the Sultans of Silly, which we're going to be changing our name because uh, John Gerbertatios is now a permanent member of the group. And so we've changed a little bit. Is he from, not very silly? From the Troika. <laughs> well, it's just we were we won Troika this year. Uh-huh. And so since we're no longer that group anymore, we decided that it's probably best to change the name. Also... The name was Sultans of Silly, so change it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, th- I, I, yeah, we'll be we'll be changing that uh, and more. Like the Friars of Funny or uh, <laughs> the Comedians of Comedy? No, somebody no, else that's is done. Uh, but you could be the the, the Cavaliers good. of Comedy. Um, the Improvisers of Impresario. <laughs> no, that's too much of a reach. <laughs> the Funny Team. Team Oof. Funny. All improv troops have bad names, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, anyway, you can see us on uh, Huge Wednesdays. That's 8 o'clock at Huge Theater, 3037 Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. Um, go to hugetheater.com for information on that and more shows. Philip, how could people get a hold of us? They can send us an email, nextstepbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on facebook.com slash nextstepbat. And check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. That's right. Go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us. Let us know what you think. And tune in next week when uh, I sat down with uh, Mark Sutton and Joe Bill from Bass Prov a few weeks ago, and uh, and we're going to be releasing that. that was oh my a gosh, that sounds like it was probably a, a good interview. That was... <laughs> oh. No, Ooh. I mean like better, better than better than us. Like people might actually want to be. You should. Yeah, it's good. Don't listen to it. It's probably terrible. Well, this is the good one. This is as good as it gets. No, that's absolutely not. Thank you for suffering through us. Uh, now, good stuff next week. It's it's going to be so much fun. Um, I 
am not in that episode, so I will definitely tell you it's going to be the best episode. <laughs> no Phil's Corner. I will say it was very intimidating sitting down and being the third member in the boat with Bass Prov. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So please check that out. Uh, and until then, as always... You're all a glass of orange juice. You didn't know that.